Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well. We are continuing our series on parenting and today's culture. And in this series, we've been covering a whole host of issues as it relates to trying to train up the next generation of Christians within a culture that is um, very quickly moving away from biblical principles and away from godly truths. And so this is a challenge for any parent, but especially for those living in today's world. And so we've already looked at how our thoughts of God really shape how we approach life. And then we also looked at uh, how to approach LGBTQ issues as well as social injustice uh, with um, biblical principles and biblical truths. And this week, what we're going to be looking at is uh, how to have family devotions and train up our children in Scripture um, in in today's world. So we're going to try to get very practical today, uh, lay some groundwork. Uh, We won't answer all the questions as it relates to this issue, but we'll try to uh, give you some good tools and some good um, places to kind of uh, sink your teeth into and really um, uh, understand and devour uh, God's truth and God's um, expectations for us as parents as it relates to our kids with uh, teaching them uh, scripture. Now, let me say at the outset, uh, you may hear some some noise in today's um, uh, video or today's podcast, depending on how you're uh, listening or watching this. Uh, there's some work being done here at the church where we are recording and uh, some exciting things happening in our church. Um, but uh, if you hear uh, that on the recording of this, uh, just know that uh, that's uh, one of the uh, that's what's kind of going on here, and it's kind of unavoidable, but we'll make do with uh, um, with that for this week. So uh, with that said, I want to just give you some interesting um, facts as it relates to discipling our children and family devotions. The first thing that I want um, uh, you to be aware of, and this is probably not a, a shock to many of you, but it is something that we need to be reminded of, and it's that most people who decide to follow Jesus do so at a very young age age. Early childhood is usually when most people decide to follow Christ. And that's important, especially as it relates to our topic for this week of family devotions, because it is um, the, the best opportunity for your children to make that decision to follow Christ and have the rest of their life to live for Christ uh, is through your discipleship as parents uh, in the lives of your children at a very early age. In fact, most studies that I've seen say that on average about two, um, two-thirds of Christians who come to faith in Christ um, do so before the age of 18. Two-thirds of Christians um, become Christians before the age of 18, and 43% of those who have accepted Christ um, have done so before the age of 12. And so that is, um, again, a, a very important Um, truth to keep in mind that it's these early fundamental years uh, in childhood that we as parents need to be very careful to invest and to uh, capitalize on the opportunity that we're presented with our children at an early age. And so uh, make sure that you are training them in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now, the other thing that I want to encourage parents in is that it's parents themselves that have the most impact in their child coming to faith. It's not aunts and uncles, although they have their place. It's not grandparents, although they have their place as well. And they should all be uh, hopefully pouring biblical truth into the life of a child. But it's the parents. And we should also note 
that it's not pastors, it's not um, deacons, it's not Sunday school teachers, it's not youth pastors that have the most impact in their children accepting Christ and growing in their faith, but it's parents. Over uh, half of all children who come to faith in Christ, and again, that's the majority of people who do accept Christ is as a child, and over half of them who do accept Christ at, at that early age of childhood are led to Christ by their parents. It's not the um it's not the pastor it's not the Sunday school teacher it's not friends and and extended family it's parents who have the most um authority and opportunity to speak biblical truths into their to the life of their child now and let me just also at this point also emphasize something that we'll hit on a little bit more uh, later on in our study uh, this week and that is that it's not the church's responsibility to disciple kids. Now, churches should disciple children, and we should have children's programs, and we should have youth programs, and all those sort of things. Those are wonderful tools that partner with parents to disciple children and to uh, uh, underscore some of the biblical truths that parents should be teaching and, and um, showing their children through their own lives. But parents cannot abdicate their responsibility and the authority that God has given them to disciple their kids to the church. Uh, far too often I've seen parents who will come and drop their kids off at church and then they'll go off and do whatever while their children are being discipled. But that is that is a poor substitute for discipleship in the home. And so, I again, as parents, um, please make sure that you are doing your part in discipling children, uh, the children that God has blessed you with, and that you use the church as a tool to help you in your discipleship, but you don't um, turn all um, authority and all opportunities of discipleship over to the church, over to the Sunday school teachers, youth pastors, or um, pastors within the church. And so just be aware of that. Now, with that said, I want to uh, encourage you with some some passages of Scripture that point to what God expects of parents. And the first thing that I want us to see is that God has called and equipped parents to disciple their kids. Now, that's a very intentional wording that I want you to pay close attention to. He has called you. That means uh, just like I have a calling as a pastor, that is a a, a thing that God has um, placed on my life. Uh, that is a, a responsibility that I'm going to be accountable to God whenever I stand before him of that calling on my life. And in the same way, every parent is called and responsible to God for that calling to disciple their kids. But there's also, not only has he called you to that, but he's also equipped you for that. I know that most parents feel ill-equipped to parent and to disciple their kids um, I know I felt that way when I had um, my kids. It's a, it's a very daunting and overwhelming responsibility that is laid on our shoulders. But if God has called you to do this thing, then he has also equipped you and provided you the tools and resources and wisdom to do that very work. And as long as we trust in him and follow him, we will be able to accomplish that in Christ Jesus. Now, the verse I want to draw your attention to, this is a very important passage of Scripture. Uh, it's in the Old Testament, and it was one of the most um, popular and important verses in Jewish culture. It's called the Shema, and it was something that was taught at a very early age. It's one of the first prayers that was ever taught uh, to Jewish um, children growing up, and it would be repeated throughout their life, and it's also an important uh, passage of scripture for us as New Testament believers because it is 
really one of the first and primary verses that speak of God's calling on parents. Now notice what it says. This is in Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as signs on your hand and on, as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." Now, there is a lot to be said about this passage, and we won't be able to get to it all. But notice who Moses, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is talking to. He's talking to parents as they uh, disciple their children. He's not talking to pastors. He's not talking to Sunday school teachers. He's not talking to deacons. He's not talking to public school educators. He's not talking to anyone else in all of the world other than parents. He's saying, parents, you ought to teach your children these truths. And notice, he doesn't say just teach them around the dinner table or just teach them on Sunday. He says, I want you to teach them when you're walking in the house, when you're leaving the house, when you're uh, um, going from place to place, when you uh, lay down and when you rise up. I want you to constantly be uh, throughout your life, uh, have times where you are talking about the truths of God and explaining them to your children. And so we need to make sure that as we are discipling our kids, we're not just doing it as we say a blessing over our food um, in the evening when we, eat, when we eat dinner, or we're not just talking about God on Sunday or just on Sunday and Wednesday or whenever it may be, but it's something that permeates every area of our life. When we're in the grocery store, we're talking about how to be good stewards of our finances. When we're in uh, traffic and, and things are frustrating as people are cutting us off in traffic and stuff like that, we talk about being patient with other people and showing Christ's likeness. Uh, as we're going about life and as we're doing various things, uh, we find ways to talk about the truths of God and what God expects for us in our life. And when God's truths impact every area of our life, then kids realize that church isn't just for, and, and scripture and our faith isn't just for Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever we're gathered around the dinner table, but it's in every area of our life. There's no such thing as um, the the faith part of our life and the secular part of our life, it's all one and the same. And when our children see and hear that in our lives as parents, then that is when our children truly do understand our faith and truly do get that good biblical foundation for their life. Now, that's that's the first thing I want us to understand. And the next thing I think it's important is that we understand, as I said before, that the church partners with parental discipleship but does not replace it. And I cannot emphasize this enough. This is where I think a lot of parents fall short. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken with parents who uh, they have um, their kids have come to, come to them and express an interest in following Christ, wanting to pray to receive Christ and be baptized. And the parent, instead of praying with their child right then and there and leading their child to Christ, they take the um, the child uh, to their pastor and they let the pastor um, pray with their child and lead their child. In faith, and I, again, I'm not 
I understand why parents do that. It's a very weighty, weighty thing. And, and parents don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to make a mistake uh, that may impact their child. And I, I get all that. It is a very um, important thing, and it's a very overwhelming thing for many parents who don't feel well-equipped and well-versed in, in leading their child in that particular decision. But I hope that um, you realize that God has called you and equipped you for that task. And yes, you can come to your pastor. I hope that you'll come to me. I hope that you'll come to Pastor Daryl or whoever your pastor may be and allow them to help you and guide you through that as you guide your child through that. But I hope that you have a pastor who will allow you the opportunity to, even if they're there with you and they're guiding you as you guide your child, they'll allow you to have the wonderful privilege of leading your child to Christ. And I, I love it also when I see um, parents who are able and willing to baptize their child. That's not just something a pastor can do. That's a wonderful blessing for a parent as well. And so as much as parents can be involved in the discipleship process, I think they should be. I think it's important for kids to see that in their parents. And I think it's important for the church and for the world, for that matter, to see parents have a very hands-on approach in leading, guiding, and discipling their children. Now, real quick, what I would like for us to do is look at just a few key reasons that I believe that most families um, drop the ball when it comes to devotions and discipling their kids. Uh, the first reason I think a lot of parents um, struggle in this is because they have unrealistic expectations when it comes to family devotions and discipleship. We have this idea in our mind, for one reason or another, of what family devotions should look like, what discipleship should look like, and oftentimes it's an unrealistic expectations. I know when I first uh, had uh, kids and they were very young, I had envisioned us all sitting around the dinner table and I would open up the Bible and I would read a passage of scripture and I was envisioning all of us talking and, and, and digging deep into God's word together and asking questions and praying and stuff like that. But I was in for a rude awakening because when I first started um, trying to do that kind of family devotion and discipleship with my kids, it sounded great in my head, but that is not at all what, how it turned out in life. Uh, the kids were squirming and fussing, and they weren't paying attention, and I couldn't, we all couldn't concentrate because there was just so much um, uh, chaos going on, and it was very frustrating for me, and I oftentimes got very discouraged, and I'll, I'll confess there were times where uh, our family devotion just fell by the wayside because I wasn't sure if, if this is how I thought family devotion should be, and this is not how reality is coming about, um, I didn't know what to do. And so I struggled for a good while trying to figure out how is this supposed to work. And what I eventually came to understand is that my expectations were not very realistic. And even if I were to talk to other families and see how they did their family devotions, those were good tips but their families were not my family. And so while I should listen to others and while I should glean insights from others, each and every family is going to have to find what works best for them as it relates to their family devotions and their discipleship of their children. And let me also say that what may work in one season of life may not work in another season of life. 
As I came to learn how to uh, lead my family through devotions and disciple my kids and disciple my family, what worked when they were very young children no longer works now that they are teenagers. And so you are constantly having to depend on Christ and see what works for your family in your season of life. So don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. But continually stay humble and stay close to Christ and just try out what works best for your kids and for your family. The other thing that I think a lot of parents struggle with that leads them to get frustrated and maybe not do devotions is that they focus on the short term rather than on the long term. And what I mean by that is um, oftentimes in the short term it can seem like devotions aren't working very well, uh, your attempt to disciple your kids uh, doesn't work very well, and it can get monotonous, it can get frustrating, and maybe you don't see a lot of um, fruit from your attempts to disciple and to encourage spiritual growth in your family. Don't get focused on the short term, because oftentimes you don't see the fruit immediately. It's kind of like gardening. I love to garden, but once you put the seed in and you you uh, you cover up the ground and you're watering it, you may have to wait a good deal of time before you see any growth, let alone any fruit from it. And so I see now some fruit in my family um, spiritual growth that has taken years to produce. It, you know, the seeds were sown. Uh, early on, but I'm just now beginning to see some of the fruit from that. And so don't get discouraged just because you're not seeing the short-term gains. Uh, the Christian race is not a, uh, a sprint. It's a marathon. And so be patient. Take time. Your own spiritual growth didn't happen overnight. So don't expect that in your children as well. And just be patient. And it's it's the little um, little things over the long haul that often make the biggest difference. And so just keep that in mind and, and don't lose heart with that. The other thing I would just encourage you with as you try to lead your family in spiritual devotions and discipleship is don't do it out of guilt. Um, don't, don't try to lead devotions out of guilt or shame or fear that if you uh, that if you don't do these things then your kids are going to abandon the faith and all these sort of things. Things that are motivated out of that fear and that shame and things like that often don't last very long. Instead, what you ought to be motivated by when it comes to discipling your family and leading family devotions is a conviction. A conviction that regardless of what I see in the here and now and regardless of the challenges that lay before me, I have a firm conviction that this is what I am called to do and this is what I ought to do and this is what our family ought to do. It's that firm conviction when you are convinced of it that it's going to help you over the long haul to keep with the things that you ought to do. And so God doesn't want you to just be burdened by the, the shame and the guilt of here's what I ought to do, but here's what I get to do. And here's what God has blessed me with an opportunity to do, and he will see me through the challenges that await. Okay. Now, another thing that I, I see a lot of people struggling with is when um, uh, our, maybe our spouse doesn't participate. I've seen this, unfortunately, in a lot of occasions where... Um, Unfortunately, a lot of times it's where a wife is trying to lead the family devotions because the husband doesn't want to. She's the one taking them to church. She's the one leading in devotions. And for one reason or another, the husband maybe is not involved. But it can happen the other way around as well, where the husband is trying to lead the family and the wife isn't involved. But most often, it's the wife trying to lead in spiritual things while the husband is unfortunately uh, not as involved in those things. And I understand 
how difficult that be, uh, can be. I understand how challenging that can be. But let me just offer a, a few little um, uh, pieces of advice or, or, or wisdom as it relates to that. First of all, if you are that spouse that's trying to lead the family in devotions and, your other, and the other spouse, your husband or your wife, is not involved, realize you cannot control your spouse. You can't. So don't try because that's only going to leave you frustrated. Only God can work in that person's heart to soften them and bring them uh, to the place where they need to be. So don't try to play the part of God. Don't try to control your spouse. You can only control yourself. And so you do what God has called you to do and stop trying to nag or guilt or shame that other person because oftentimes that will just push them further and further away. So instead, you do what God has called you to do. With always opening the door of opportunity and inviting them to, to come and to participate uh, if they want, but you you take that lead. You disciple your kids. You lead family devotions. You bring them to church. You do what you need to do uh, and hope and pray for that other spouse. And here's the other thing. Please be sure not to belittle your spouse in the eyes of your children. Your children may ask, why dad's not involved or why mom's not involved in going to church or doing the family devotions. Don't use that as an opportunity uh, to bash the spouse in front of the kids, to talk negatively about them. Just say, uh, try to put as much of a positive spin as you can and pray for your spouse that they would be involved. Okay, that's going to be a really important point. Now, let me also give you a couple other things, a couple other tips as it relates to family devotions that may be beneficial to you. Again, these are not set in stone, but these are just good words of wisdom that you may want to keep in mind. The first thing is keep family devotions simple. Don't make it big and elaborate. Don't uh, try to read an entire book of the Bible in one sitting or do deep, deep dives into uh, certain portions of Scripture uh, and, and parsing things and, and, you know, whatever it may be. Keep it simple. Um, you know, read a passage of scripture, discuss what uh, some insights that uh, you see in that, and then pray. It doesn't have to be complicated, so don't make it complicated. Uh, maybe you just want to focus on what Sunday morning sermon was on, and you just want to dive deeper into that passage and talk about that. That's fine as well. Whatever works for your family, use that. And if you have really small children, again, remember, you may want to make it um, interactive. Maybe act out the Bible passage. Um, have some fun with it. It's okay to laugh and to cut up as you're enjoying your family devotion time together. <clears throat> Draw pictures of the Bible passages and, and have each person at the table kind of display, here's my picture and here's why I drew this. Whatever it may be, <clears throat> make it fun, make it enjoyable for all people. You want your kids to have fun getting into scripture, not to feel like it's uh, a, a a bother or a, a, a task to do it. You want to have fun with it. So the other thing is to remember that there are blessings that are incremental and they're not instantaneous. Again, think uh, long-term, that it's these little things. Um, <clears throat> you know, when I started off with family devotions uh, with my kids, it was mainly me and my wife doing family devotions and the kids were just kind of uh, coming along with it. But now I see as things have progressed and we've kept at it, um, not perfectly, but we've kept at it as much as we can, 
Uh, we've seen that now our kids are much more involved with it, uh, that they have uh, certain prayer requests that are weighing on their hearts, things about uh, you know people in other countries that are needing to hear the gospel. And it's wonderful hearing them pray for our church family and for others and to see how God works. But it wasn't instantaneous. It was something that was invested in them over time um, throughout the long haul. And so don't give up. Look for those fruit uh, that will develop over time. And then the last thing is just be realistic and relax. Don't be legalistic with your family devotions. Sometimes you won't be able to get to it every day. Sometimes you won't, you'll drop the ball. Um, and again, it's not just about what you do around the dinner table or whenever it is that you do your family devotions. It's about how you live your life day in and day out as you go about the various tasks that you're involved in. When your kids come to you with problems with uh, someone on their sports team or whatever, use those as those as discipleship moments and try to invest in them in that way. And so I hope that that's important. I'm going to include uh, some links um, in um, uh, in the Facebook post as well as the the podcast uh, um, uh, page as well. So uh, if you are interested in some of uh, some devotions for different age groups, if you're looking for resources that would help you uh, be better uh, in your family devotions and your discipleship, I hope that you will take a look at some of those resources uh, and that they would be a blessing to you and your family. But that's going to uh, conclude us for this week. I hope you'll join us next week as we kind of uh, um, continue on with this series. We're coming quickly to the close of it, but we're going to be looking at how to be a tech-wise parent in today's world. And this is really important because uh, our world is becoming more and more tech-savvy. Our kids are becoming more tech-savvy at earlier and earlier ages. And it's leaving a lot of us parents behind as far as how to guard our kids against a lot of the dangers that are out there in the tech world. And so uh, join us next week as I try to look at some of the different um, uh, technology that our kids are involved in and how we as parents can help navigate them through some of the dangers and challenges of that. So with that said, I hope you all take care. I hope to see you next week and God bless.